Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us today. While you do chores, take a drive, greet the morning, or say good night. We hope this episode of The Bible Never Said That will help you see more of God as we talk about popular sayings that thread through the fabric of our culture with poor theology. The saying we are exploring today comes in a couple different forms, but the most popular forms are, that's my truth, or my personal truth. We are exploring any form of this phrase that emphasizes that truth is relative and subjective instead of absolute and objective. When our culture declares, there is no truth, it ignores the obvious question of, is that true? Many feel lost in a world where no absolute truth is acknowledged and all is allowed. In our quest to be a tolerant society, we have risked sacrificing the discernment needed to draw a line between true and false. It's kind of like when people are in grade school and they don't know the answer in the true or false section of a test. So they write a letter that looks a little like a T and a little like an F, but when the teacher receives the test, it means nothing because it is an undiscernible mess. Now, many people don't know what to do with this inner longing for authenticity that they feel, and they settle for individualized truth as a substitute for what is actually true. And we continue to see many step away from the ways of God and wander through existential confusion Or we see people get lost in the ceaseless rhetoric of social media posts that take self-evident truths, which were once seen as concrete, and tell the masses to make them abstract. We have constantly been chipping at the objective, trying to carve it into the subjective just because we don't like it. But Jesus has another way. He doesn't want us confused about who he is. He wants us to know him and have confidence in the God of all truth and holiness. Jesus himself declared in John fourteen six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This isn't pride. It is sacred fact. Most of us have lived long enough to have been wrong about something we were sure we are right about. We've seen leaders who brought so much good also bring destruction. And we can find ourselves weary of belief, weary of true faith because we've seen the wars adherence to religion can cause. And everyone is looking for truth and not having it leaves us disoriented. Nearly everyone makes a claim to some truth, but few know its fullness as revealed in God's word. Because we live in a world that teaches there are many truths about how to find God and also question his very existence. 
as Christians, we have to face the fact that our stance of there is one way to God and an ultimate truth found in the Bible is one of the things that turns many away. But that does not mean we stop telling the truth because God is the one who softens hearts and allows deaf ears to hear. And we don't ever know when that moment of hearing, of softening, will be for someone. So we share. I know truth, and his name is Jesus. While keeping in mind that it is always Jesus we need to know, and always Jesus we need to point people to, because in Jesus' day, it was the religious people who had the greatest access to God's word as the foundation of truth, and yet they sent him to his death. Let's look at John 18, starting at verse 28. Jesus had been arrested, and he was facing trial. And the scriptures say, Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor, By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace, because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Ron Graham focused on this passage and reflected that when Pilate heard Jesus speak of truth, he asked, What is truth? It wasn't an inquiry. He didn't wait for an answer. He said it to justify himself. 
He went out to the mob, pronounced Jesus innocent, then had him flogged and handed over for crucifixion. Pilate apparently went along with the idea that truth is relative. For him, it was truth that Jesus was innocent, but for the Jews, it was truth that Jesus was guilty. So Pilate, in all fairness, washed his hands and let the Jews follow their truth. So much for relative truth, Graham says. A good man was crucified because in a mob's version of truth, he was a criminal, and their truth was considered as valid as Pilate's. Jesus is not the first victim of relative truth, nor the last. There's a lot of wisdom there. And as we approach Easter, we may not see the role of relative truth leading to the death of Jesus, but here it is in the scriptures, so we cannot treat it lightly. Jesus went to the cross to save our souls, to pay the price for the sin we committed. He was determined to love us by giving his life for us. Relative truth did not win because Christ chose the cross. But God has allowed this exchange to pass through the centuries so that we see the dangers of relative truth and that this idea is not new. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So... As we transition from modernism to postmodernism to post-postmodernism, we are reminded there is nothing new under the sun. Jesus faced societies that could not identify truth, and he will give us the strength to stand in obedience to him when the world is angered by the truth we know and shouting for the release of chaos and violence instead. In Matthew seven fifteen through 20, Jesus warns us, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. We live in a time of strife and division. People battle over claims to truth and what can be trusted, believed in, and relied upon. 
Questioning whether something is true is part of learning discernment, but simply asking what is truth doesn't lead anywhere unless there's an earnest pursuit of the answer. It's like a tree well watered with all the sun necessary to grow, but which never produces any fruit. It looks good, but isn't good for much. This is an opportunity if we see it for what it is, an invitation to lead people to the truth and to the one that if they are connected will cause fruit to produce an abundance. Letting people perpetually rotate the meaning of truth and ignore the reality that there is one is cowering under the howls of wolves who snarl, there is no truth. We cannot let those who do not know Jesus remain in ignorance that could cost their souls because we are trying to be nice and tolerant. We cannot let these wolves devour a generation. By all means, Act in love and kindness as you deliver truth. But remember the kindest thing you can do for a person. The most loving thing you can do is show them the way to leave the prison they have become comfortable in. To show them how lost they are by shining the light of Christ and praying the Holy Spirit leads them to Jesus. The way. The truth and the life, their way out of confusion, shame, dread, and all the things that plague our souls. This is a hard teaching because it means many people we love are on the road to hell. It's unsettling, frustrating, and grieving. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean it is not true. I have followed Christ long enough to know that my likes and dislikes are not the compass of truth, for my ways are not always aligned with his ways. Also, I don't know where I get off thinking that I wouldn't run into the same problems Jesus did. And Jesus had problems. In John 6, after explaining the hard truth of the way to salvation, and what was required to receive it, we see what looks to us like a problem with Jesus' thriving ministry. Starting at verse 60, it says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you, that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him.
You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. The problem was not with Jesus or his words. The problem is with human hearts, which want a Savior who makes it easy on them, doesn't call them to believe there is truth and that he is the one who establishes it. We are those known by God, those who know God. We have come to believe. We have come to know We have found the truth that sets free, and we cannot walk around acting like it is one of many truths, because it is the only truth that leads to an eternity with God and his kingdom without sorrow or pain. Life on this earth is temporary, and sometimes people need to sit in their existential crises so they feel unsettled by perpetually asking, what is truth? Without pursuing the answer. Jesus is the Holy One of God who will rescue their souls if they just cry out to Him as Lord, turn from their sin, and ask for His grace to save them. Some will never move away from staunch irresolution of truth. Some will actually hear it and still walk away. But Jesus also promises that some will know the truth in him, which will set them free. It is in the hope of others' freedom that we share the good news of the gospel, the truth of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, which is the power of God unto salvation, and a bedrock of truth on which to stand. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you that we don't have to wonder if there is truth, that we get to know and believe that you are truth. Thank you that we can trust in you to strengthen us to stand in obedience when the world rallies against you and instead releases chaos. Let us never confuse our truth with what is true and Let us not confuse our ways with your ways. Show us truth. May we decrease as you increase and send those who will hear your gospel truth to us so we may share it with them. We want to see people set free because you have so graciously given us freedom. As in your name we pray. Amen. I know this is not a popular message, but I don't talk about the truth of God to be popular. I talk about it because I know there is no better gift that we can give someone than to introduce them to Jesus, who loves them more than they can comprehend. Thank you for joining me today. And the resources, books, and articles referred to can be found in the show notes at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes. And we love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us. And until next time, may you seek the abundant life that Jesus died to give 
and live in the truth that sets people free. want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.